But can you hear any feedback from um from us from our conversation? Nope, not at all. Uh, it does like it does. It's not like any feedback or anything, but I can tell like you're inside of the space. If that makes sense. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm gonna get those headphones to work. Whatever. Anyways. So let this say. Listen, like whenever I'm recording or whatever, like a lot of times I just take it for what it is and just keep it moving because I'm not about to stress out about this stuff. You know, since we're actually kind of going on the formula of the show, we're just going to carry roll right into it. So I'll just let everybody know. Welcome to another episode of The Think Tank. <laughs> I'm your host. <laughs> Mr. Mims, and I'm here with a lovely special guest. We have Coco Hush on board. Coco, you want to tell them uh, a little bit what you got going on and what, what uh, projects you have um, in the pipeline? Um, what I currently have going on is I am relaunching my Coco Hushmi website, actually. Um, I'll be reopening up my apothecary and also um, my art and my healing adornments to be um, on my website by the end of this month. So that's currently what I have going on right now because I'm working on basically uh, revamping my my brand and um, everything that I'm doing with Coco Hush. So yeah, that's currently what I have going on right now. Um, and I could be found um, at cocohush.goddess um, on Instagram and on TikTok and, you know, little social stuff, I guess. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, and you know what? Where did where where's the origins of Coco Hush? How did how did we how did we come about with that? Oh my goodness! So I spent a lot of time um, devoting my time to multi-level marketing companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing the you know the Beamer Bentleys, you know all that. Type <laughs> of- <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And one of the major features, although I was great at recruiting people and, you know, selling people this, um, this, this, I guess, illusion, you know, through these certain tactics, it really, it really didn't resonate with my spirit like that. And people that knew me, they was just like, hey, um, if you had something, if you sold something yourself, we would definitely buy it. And so one of the things that I had learned was, um, especially through business was, in order to create a sustainable business, you have to create a solution to a problem. And at that time, of course, you know, I'm active duty in the military. My skin is not the best, you know, because of the water on the boat. <laughs> um, I remember those days. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I had um, decided to start making sugar scrubs and body butters. Um, and so sugar scrub and body butters was like my first thing because I learned that, you know, the skin is the biggest organ on the body. It absorbs any and everything that you put on it. So that's everything. Um, so I, uh, I just started playing around and doing research on different, um, different moisturizing, uh, mediums. And, you know, I I ran into cocoa, cocoa, uh, um, shea butter, um, you know, honey, uh, cocoa butter, shea butter, honey, 
um, sugar, you know, things of that sort, right? Um, and I was working with uh, essential oils. So one day I was, you know, I was talking to my dad during this time because, of course, he was very supportive. And um, I, I was like, I have to come up with a name. So what I did was I wrote down the ingredients that I used for um, my sugar scrub and my body butter. And, you know, I just eliminated the vowels and Coco Hush came to me. Um, and it has been something that has evolved with me um for the past eight years now honestly Ooh. um yeah yeah coco hush is is not new to this at all <laughs> we true to this now listen <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay all right so so you're definitely into taking care of the skin with the uh with the scrubs there and i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm new to that i'm a guy and I've recently got into like being a little more savvy with the uh, skincare products and even with my locks, the hair care products. So just kind of revamping my whole self-care dynamic as a whole and uh, starting to realize how important certain things are because, yeah, my skin feels different using certain scrubs. So I'm going to check out some of your scrubs, too. Yeah. So I might have to slide over there. Support. Definitely going to support. <laughs> I'm expecting everybody listening to go do the same thing as well, but you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> yes famous plug you know just plugging in there but yeah like the one of the biggest things about um tr- going to a new uh regimen especially with your self- self-care is to educate yourself about what works best for your skin you know look for <laughs> look for things that best work for you i know it's very easy for us to go out there and you know oh well this person's using this and they got these results I'm going to get those same results as them. And a lot of times we're not because we're not educating ourselves on what we need solely. We just see what somebody else got and it's going good for them and automatically assume that it's going to work for us. And that's not the way to go about it. Okay. It can be very Everyone's unique. <laughs> Say again? For sure. I was saying everyone, everyone's definitely unique. Yes, we are for the most part. You know. Oh, <laughs> you know what? There's so much that could be said on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to slap that in there. Oh yes. Now I know I've dropped a bunch of hints out there on Facebook and about me needing to get you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, you know what? That would be pretty cool. So finally, so I appreciate you for blessing me with the honor of having you today. Uh, come on board to this growing. This girl, a little mission we got going on here for the people who've been hanging in there through all the struggles. Listen, the growing pains, the growing pains. It's about growing and flowing together. That's what I always say. You're growing yes. and flowing together. Like, we don't got it all you know, figured out the first time we do it, but eventually we figure it out and make it our own, which is the best thing about it. Yep. I had, I had started to notice as... A lot of people know me from the egg days. Apparently, I'm like the bone collector for all you guys. Like I've been keeping tabs on everybody. <laughs> uh, so I think watching kind of the evolution, and it's it's wild to me to see that we somehow, some way, bumped into each other on the same journey somehow. Because I'm like a lot of the stuff that you've been talking about on your Facebook is a lot of the stuff that I've been trying to preach out here as well. Um, either through my responses on the show or what have you, um, especially when it comes to uh, relationship and even even your life advice. Um, and uh, spiritual quotes have been pretty intense as of late. 
So, I wanted to pick your brain about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I guess I'll start off with. We'll do. I guess I'll keep it kind of light. How would you define a healthy relationship? Hmm. Um. I would define a healthy relationship by what those two individuals chose to be their foundation. Um, A lot of the times I have through my own personal experience, through my own observations, um, or even coming across certain people's personal stories, I have noticed that depending on the foundation that two people choose to come together and actually like build on top of, it can, it can usually set the stage for the relationship. If somebody, um, for example, if somebody was not looking for a relationship, you know, um, and is out here playing the field and things of that sort and is used to running game and, you know, not telling the truth about something, somebody, but then they come across somebody that they actually like and then, but they're still, you know, taking on that persona of, oh, well, I'm just going to show them who, you know, who I want them to see, blah, blah, blah. That's not really a solid foundation because you still have, you know, the masks up. That's just like, yes. it's just like certain relationships where females, they'll sit here and which I don't personally get, but um, they'll, I guess they'll do their face and their hair before the man wakes up. She wakes up like this. Um, and I, I personally feel like certain lies should not be a part of, especially a part of the foundation of a relationship. Um, so when it comes to a healthy relationship, I feel like a healthy relationship is intentional and it's, um, it's transparent determining what level of the relationship you're actually on. Um, of course I don't agree with just dumping everything you know, onto whoever you're with, but the way that an individual chooses to deal with their own traumas and their own pains and, you know, their own healing and things of that sort will definitely determine how far the relationship can really go. You know, of course, a lot of people, they, they think that a healthy relationship is just automatically how much time is in. And it's really not. Um, it's, it's really not. Because you can you can learn a lot about somebody in a three month span than somebody who's been together for ten years because of the fact that they're hiding so much from their partner that if their partner learned who they really were they would want to be with them and I don't I don't agree with that type of uh, you know fear leading that relationship like oh oh if she really know who I was she wouldn't be with me nah like oh, no man no. I've heard so many and I it's crazy because it's, it's not as common especially as like some of the uh shows out here like to make it seem or even how social media is trying to turn it um when it comes to that statement between guys but it, it does happen I definitely do hear that like hey man like if she really knew like who I really was or, or where I really came from then she wouldn't be rocking with me like that and it's a mix it's a mix of like an insecurity that's being built there because we when we man it sucks so when we fold at some point in our lives it's kind of hard for us to get back up because a lot of us never seen what that looks like in a healthy way and for them it kind of turns into like this is my life now like this is what i gotta do 
to survive and they kind of go into a survival mindset and until they break out of that like they just gonna be selling themselves short and then cutting off healthy relationships out of the fear of you know they just know they're gonna dip at some point so i don't know it's just <laughs> that's a that's a slippery cycle over there but i don't hmm. you hit some heavy stuff it, de- Jeez. it definitely is a slippery slope and you said something um you said something that was just profound and it was that a lot of us are in survival mode so when it comes to survival mode if somebody is operating in survival mode especially when it comes to relationships they're going to be only operating on the bare minimum which is mm-hmm. a sense of belonging which is you know our our root chakra and then it's going to be sex you know, which is our sacral chakra. And then it's going to be sense of self, you know, sense of who you are, which is ego. So as long as you know who you are, you know, based off of whatever you're doing with your life, as long as you're getting that sex, and as long as you you have that sense of belonging, oh, well, I'm here, you know, or, or this person will listen to me, this person will accept me. That's what a lot of people are okay with. And even when it comes to hierarchy, um, uh, what is it? The pyramid of, of needs. Um, I need mm-hmm. to get with the, but um, even with that, like you see that a lot of us are on the uh, bottom of the totem pole at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Um, I don't know why I'm stuttering so much. But, uh, <laughs> but um, no, you're fine. at the end of the day, we're looking for those basic things. And now we're seeing people wanting more. Oh, I want that love and that emotion. I want that devotion. I want that compassion. I want you to see me for more than I am. And it's really difficult for a society of people to automatically like transfer to wanting to love and wanting to have compassion when they've spent hundreds of years in survival mode solely mm-hmm. and now that's the grace now i will i will dare to challenge people's thought process on that mm-hmm. because i do feel as though in a way it is like a switch once you fully understand the power that you have within yourself it's like almost as if yeah if you wake up one day and if you knew what you were able to influence in your own life with just taking your thought process and turning it into action and how much control you can take back on the outcome of things not so much of affecting how things happen to you in life but you're really just fully in control of how you respond to it by taking all of that you'll be able to fully let's see how can I how can I really want to dress this one up? Man, okay. And then disclaimer for everyone who is listening, yes, definitely tag my blunt so we already know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, okay. So once you realize that you have that um the power within you to make changes in your life, it's as easy as you'll be able to easily change your mindset out of the survival mode and be able to go into a more broke mindset by just really addressing and taking accountability on what you have been doing to fuel your own cycle and then cutting those things out just doing hard stops like all right i need to stop doing this i need to stop doing that and i need to stop doing that if i actually do those changes 
then I will see that change I want to see. But I have to hold myself accountable and have the discipline to do what I need to do to get myself out of the situation I'm in. And some people, they don't want to do that. They'll realize like, all right, I need to make some changes, realize the changes they need to make and be like, hmm, you know, I actually am kind of comfortable right here, low key. I don't know. I think that's where some people kind of get stuck at. They don't, they don't want to put in the, the work. And I think that's where people run from the accountability there. Cause you do know it's in your hands. You do know you can make certain changes. Do you, are you really ready right now? Or are you enjoying the ride? So when it is very, one of the things that I had to learn is that it's so easy to speak from a a level of privilege and say what other people should do because of the fact that we personally have experienced um, certain hardships and have gotten to the level that we're at, right? Right. Um, and I'm over here looking at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You're familiar with that, right? I have heard of it, but I am all ready for the education. <laughs> okay, so Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, is a theory in psychology which comprises of five a five tier model of human needs. It's depicted by um, a hierarchy of levels within a pyramid. So from the bottom of the hierarchy and going up, the needs are um physiological which is food and clothing safety which is job security love and belonging um needs which is friendship um then we have esteem and then we have self-actualization right and so where a majority of us are is at the physiological needs level right there's air water food shelter sleep clothing and reproduction can you can you can you say that you know um thinking about it can you say that that's where a majority of us are yeah okay i would say yes and so um then um the next level when once we establish all of that is going to be the safety needs which is personal security employment resources health and property so now thinking about those things how many people do you think securely have those things it's actually a small especially me knowing personally it's a small group it's a, it's a smaller group right sure is but then we go to love and belonging which is friendship intimacy family and sense of connection so since a lot of people that you know do not have the safety needs do you think that they can truly grasp the love and belonging which is a level above that You get into a nice, I see a giant rabbit hole in front of me, and I just kind of want swan dive in this bad boy right now. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking into the abyss. <laughs> but for real though, but then after after love and belonging is actually esteem. It's actually, you know, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. 
Now, after you've achieved that love and in, in, in all that stuff, then you you have that greater sense of yourself. You have that that confidence because, hey, I'm able to operate in a healthy relationship. I'm able to, you know, my kids are doing this. My family's doing this, you know, and I'm a part of that. And, you know, I have a great sense of myself, right? Mm-hmm. And then after you achieve that, you have this desire, desire to become the most your highest self because you have seen that you have been able to achieve all of those different levels. It's only then that people are actually opening themselves up to be like, oh, you know what? I can be more. But it's really difficult for somebody who is still stuck on air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, or personal security, employment, resources, health, or property, or friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection for them to want to be more if they can't even get a grasp on the quote unquote bare minimum. But we but, but we like to skip steps. A lot of us like to skip steps. And that's basically what I was hearing when um you you were speaking on your um your solution, which I I I definitely understand. I definitely understand, but what I'm what I'm learning is that we honestly have to go in order in order to have a better foundation when it comes to us connecting and, and coming together for us to grow and expand together. If we can't do it individually, we can't sit here and say, oh, once I get with that person, you know, this is when I'm going to change, which a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, you're actually touching on something that I'm preaching on and I'm daring people to speak on. And yeah, you're right. It does come from that that perspective for sure. Um, and the reason being, there's a lot of people out here who are on their, what's the, what's the term I use? The independent mind, there we go. The independent mindset, the independent uh, women, independent man. And exactly what you're describing right there, it's a team effort to do that. We can't do that by ourselves. I can sit there and, and want to achieve all those needs, but every single one of those needs required another social interaction from another human being, hopefully on the same journey, so that way it could be a healthy one. That's what we have to gamble. People are so afraid to gamble that now because they're like, I've been hurt one good time and I don't want to do it no more. So they go result into the picking around to the survival mindset. So they're just going to pick what needs they can live off of until they decide that they're ready to go try again, which I'm like, you're scaling yourself short. Go out there and risk being a little bit dependent on someone, not saying fully dependent, just okay. If you're in a relationship with someone or exploring a relationship with someone, give them the benefit of the doubt. They're new. I know the last one hurt you. That don't matter because that person is not them. And if that person does turn into them, then you're realizing something. That's part of your cycle. You're obviously having a type. You need to be a little more mindful. So not saying that it's your fault. There, The reason why you're repeating that cycle, there's a lesson the universe is trying to teach you. It's trying to show you all the red flags and the signs. And you're going to keep repeating it until the point you're almost going to learn this particular type of person like the back of your hand. Some people are going to learn that the hard way or some people are going to pay attention and be like, oh, okay, I see your red flags. Mm-mm. I'm already aware. I'm already aware. I could sit there and try because you seem like a genuine person. I could try. But the red flags that I'm seeing is of someone that's going to take advantage of me. And it's very easy 
to do that because I'm a very caring person and I'm not going to put myself through that type of torture of wanting to help you while being hurt by you. I'm not going to do that. So now <laughs> I'm going to exit stage left before this becomes another trauma. And that is a very self-aware um, response to something like that. Um, especially after we have learned our lessons enough times <laughs> after bumping our heads. Um, it, it is a definitely very, very self-aware um, response to respond like that. Right. But then on the other side of the spectrum, um, just like I think I was talking about last week about romanticizing the red flags or creating mm. or creating you know, alternative stories that are not the true stories behind why this person is being that way. Um, I definitely specialized in painting red flags, you know, adding some blue to that flag so it can be purple, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And one of the main things that I learned is that the main person that is not lying to us is not the other person. It's really us, especially as a as a as a woman. Um, I can only speak from you know that woman's perspective. Um, and and I, and I've noticed some, <laughs> some men they do create that uh, they create that fantasy in their head about certain women as well. Their um, rude awakenings, but mm-hmm. going back to this romanticizing, you know who this person is before even getting. To person um it's it's a really bad habit for a majority of us to actually have because we know the type of person that we want to be with and we try to force triangles into stars you know we try to force you know circles into squares like we try to force certain shapes or certain types of people into certain boxes that they never belonged in in the first place. And that is only a recipe for disaster because that illusion only has a certain time period. Illusions do not last forever. Illusions do not grow and expand and evolve. And a majority of the time we are in relationships and we are casting illusions to the public so that they can see what we want them to see, what we want to see in our relationships. And it really leads us into a path of um, destruction for real, for real, because the relationship ends up ending abruptly. And then, you know, we're sitting there, we're a victim now of our own illusions. Like, oh, I did not know this was gonna happen. Look, if we can just stop lying to ourselves and actually sit back and see somebody for who they are instead of trying to tweak and make that person the perfect person for us like a lot of situations would never even start and i really i i i know that our um our desperation in being with somebody is leading us to being not asking the questions we need to ask. We need to ask deeper questions. We actually need to get deeper than the surface level of certain relationships. Cause a lot of people they'll sit here and get with somebody just because they look good in pictures. And that's not that's not okay. That's not I got okay. one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got one for you. I over here I had one locked and loaded. You went right into a theory that I had. I have figured out there before. And a couple of people kind of looked at me sideways because I don't think they really understood where I was coming from. 
the solution to that their problem that you have brought up. We need to get rid of expectations. Yes, that is really big. That is big. Mm-hmm. That's good. You get that's gonna that's gonna open up the door for those deeper conversations because if I don't expect nothing from you, not in a negative way, but I'm not expecting you to be any type of way, then I need to find out who are you <laughs> and why why is it why has it that I'm drawn to you in this manner? Because I know I can I can obviously say all right there might be a physical connection there, cool. But if I know for a fact in my head that this might be a little bit deeper than that, okay, why? Because I don't know nothing about you. Like yeah, you might look like somebody or you might fit the mold of a fantasy chick that i done envisioned for like the past i don't know since i was a high schooler or whatever but you not you not that you not that and you never will be that and when people get stuck in that expectation that they have it they're never going to be happy like people have an expectation on how relationships should go with even with the gender roles and things like that i'm like all that is all these expectations and it's i it's lovely, especially if you have so many examples of healthy relationships, or even if you don't have examples of healthy relationships. Either way, that's influencing your expectation on this. So you need to drop that. And maybe you might find out what actually makes you happy in your relationship. And not what makes everybody else happy. Because that's what you think a relationship supposed to look like. Hmm. If you come for chaos, all right, cool. Until you find healthier ways to cope. Maybe your relationships have a little bit of chaos in it and that's why you might be a little bored with a certain type of male and you seem to be running towards a different type that okay maybe meet in the middle let's address some things let's do a little self-reflection why are we like this <laughs> let's start there why are we like this hmm oh okay okay this is i was kind of raising this a little bit or some things happened down the lines all right all right let's address that are we are we happy about that no don't like it we don't like it all right cool so how about we stop doing things like that let's run a little bit from that let's take ourselves out of these environments that promote that so that way i can start having healthier and more positive viewpoints on life if i start looking in a more positive direction but if i only seek the negative things in life then that's all i'm gonna produce that's very true and of course we well i'm pretty sure it's not common knowledge but whenever we put out into the universe that we don't want something the universe doesn't register that we don't want it all the all the universe is is registering is that we do want it because we're focusing on it we're thinking about it we're you know talking about it so it's like we definitely have to you know learn that but yes I definitely, definitely agree with you with your theory um, because it. it makes all the sense. <laughs> what you say? I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, um, because I, I had, I had to learn that myself because you know, with all of these relationship Instagrams and you know these couples that are out here and they make it seem like they're the most perfect couple you know ever and all this type of stuff people are tagging them as relationship goals I I remember when my my previous marriage was relationship goals for a lot of people um, Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like when we expect the next relationship that we're going to get into to be like a uh, Laval uh, for like like um oh my gosh I forgot <laughs> but it's it's a couple that I absolutely love they they from Brooklyn or whatever they got their podcast oh you know, I know what you're talking about the vow the, the vows 
you know <laughs> I love them yeah. right but I also yeah. but I also know that you know at that time my my husband was not a movie star you know he wasn't a previous NFL player you know what I mean he he didn't have like all of this different stuff but it's just like when we look at these images on social media we'll be like oh I want this oh right. I want like this. why couldn't why couldn't I stumble across a, a individual why can't you be a little more ambitious my boy? right <laughs> and, it, and it's really creating a fight it's creating a fight between us because of the expectations that we hold and um what I had learned especially recently um this year is it's really difficult to be happy with certain expectations like it's either you're going to meet your expectations or you're going to be happy you're going to actually be fulfilled um and when it comes to you know expectations in a relationship a lot of times the person that we would least expect to be the right person for us that we wouldn't more than likely choose on our own is the best person for us but and that through how expectations can steer you astray exactly because you know we know what we want but the most high knows what the most high what what we need as well and and so um not having expectations is definitely very big but also i would like to veggie back off of that and say but still boundaries are required agreed because but the boundaries cannot be based off of fear boundaries are based off of protection and in upholding a certain standard um because uh you know we talk about value and you know all of this type of stuff and i really feel like people's boundaries are a big part of how they hold themselves how how valuable they hold themselves to um so when it comes to certain boundaries like um as a woman i personally do not I, I would not deal with a guy who is comfortable raising his voice at me. I am not comfortable with an insecure man who is consistently asking me about, you know, my past and then, you know, um, basically displaying certain behaviors that could end up potentially being dangerous. You know, um, I have boundaries with uh with certain guys wanting control too early on in the relationship if they've never given anything, you know, or or even show me that I can't trust them. You know, there's certain boundaries and certain things that I choose to look for because of the fact that, you know, I'm not trying to be handled that way because I've previously been handled that way. And I've learned that I didn't want to be handled that way moving forward because I value myself more than that. You know what's crazy and what you just said? Like, it just, it hit me like a Mike Tyson uppercut. And I'm like, wow. We, we as, as men talk a lot about how they, we, we kind of want women to be more submissive and things like that. And even then just what you were just describing, it's like the end game is we are willing, but we need to trust you. You got to show us that we can trust you for us to fall back and be like, cool. All right. You want me to be like, when you say no, you want me to just be like, all right, cool. Got it. He said, he said, no, y'all. I ain't, I ain't about to argue with him. He said, no, I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. Mm-mm. 
so many men are missing that right there because we're we're trying to display we're trying to display that evidence and we're doing it in all the wrong ways we're we're doing it in that expectation mindset of i'm an alpha male okay this is how this is how i was i was taught and shown how i'm supposed to show leadership and dominance you know hey you know you ain't gonna talk to me crazy because you my lady so yeah we're <laughs> gonna get louder here we can get louder here okay okay boss man like what is that really how is that making her feel safe how is that making her feel like she can come to you with problems and issues okay we all have agreed some maybe not so wholeheartedly but we all agree that women are for the most part emotional we're men are more logical and i say that loosely because there are definitely case-by-case situations in that one but for the general scope so if we know that if she is being hysterical you if you're a man bro just okay take it on the chin she's not mad at you she's 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 expressing herself right now let her express let her express let her get it out and then once she comes down then you'd be like all right cool i can gladly give you some advice however do you want to address something real quick came at me a little hot <laughs> didn't need to do that <laughs> could have just could have just talked at me <laughs> but hey anywho it sounds like what you're saying to me and just go at it that way show that you're a boss by handling the situation in a boss-like manner and to stop stooping down here stop doing all this wild stuff stop making your women have to fear you that should never be a thing like you shouldn't fear me not not one little bit at all you should be like oh this man wouldn't hurt a fly but you should know when it comes to your protection i will hurt many of flies if it comes down to it and that's what it is all that energy is supposed to be for the outside of the kingdom not the inside inside you're a marshmallow that's what you're supposed to be you're a hush puppy especially if you got kids your little girl you're supposed to be come on now that's you run around with a tutu because she asked you to just because she asked i ain't gonna question your manlyhood because i'm a father of girls <laughs> so bro i get it <laughs> if your little lady asked daddy let me paint your nails <sighs> no but all right <laughs> definitely taking this off before i go to work but all right cool beans <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like you you just brought up something, right? That has been it has been a trigger point for me for a little bit and it is um it's the fact that daddies portray this illusion of perfection for their daughters and then their daughters get older and go out in the world and realize that not all guys who portray the certain quality as, as daddy is, is as good as daddy is. Um, and that actually these tools and tactics that daddy was using, you know, for me, you know, to continue being a good girl was basically the same tactics that these guys are using to manipulate me and to basically put me in a position that I'm under them. Yep everybody everybody's trying to show you that those qualities you loved in your dad and because he's a good guy it's easy to mimic a good guy it's hard to be consistent with it it's and and that's the big part the consistency because once that good guy is is doesn't no longer feels you know the need to wear that mask he takes it off and now this girl is trapped you know but and and her family keeps on saying he's a good man savannah He's a good, good man. He got a good job. He take care of the bills. Savannah, he's a good man. But Savannah's sitting there like, yo, like, 
this ain't this ain't it this is this isn't the level of respect that i desire this is not you know the level of companionship and compassion that i wanted my daddy didn't my daddy showed me compassion you know my daddy showed me you know all these things but we have to recognize that there's a difference between being your man and being your daddy daddy can sit here and portray this illusion of what a good guy was even if daddy was won't shit and he can at least be that he can be an example of of course it might take you some time and some healing to see that but he could be an example of what you don't want yes but what happens naturally a lot of times men choose women like their mothers and yep. women women choose males like their fathers and i will actually i will actually you know i'm i'm because i came at the guys a little bit so i'm gonna swing over at women for a hot second and i'm <laughs> I'm looking at this niche group of women who who have this like prince and king mentality with their uh, sons, not not in the more uplifting like I see a lot of people do, but the where it kind of gets a little toxic and a little bit over the top. Like you're almost treating your son as if that's your significant other now, like not in a sexual way, but for everything else. <laughs> it seems like what's happening here, and those kids are growing up to having this entitlement now because their mom pretty much waited on them hand and foot and just wanted them to feel just the best and, and the positive and the intentions are right. Just in this healthy idea of like, okay, you might be not in a healthy environment, but you're gonna just shower your son with all this love and attention and appreciation. So he's gonna go find a woman or he's gonna try to find someone that's gonna match that energy. There's not gonna be anybody really out there that's doing that, especially not requiring you to put any input in it because as a mama's boy you don't need any input you just got to be there look handsome then it's a wrap <laughs> yeah that's 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 very true and i i feel like that has to also do with misogyny and how a, like a majority of us in this society are already taught to automatically worship and hold males in a higher regard you know they can't do wrong in that certain sense or or in certain senses because we see you know people getting getting off for very heinous horrible you know crimes but like we're we're taught as women to cater to and to you know nurture and to love and to you know uh you know yeah, all of that stuff that I just said to um to men because <laughs> that is our role. And then in religion, you know, we are supposed to be worshiping and bowing down to this male God, you know, and his son, you know, is the person that we're supposed to go through in order to, you know, reach God. And then, so you know, all of these things <laughs> are centered around males and there, but once once that woman um actually realizes like well you know well i i should be empowered myself i i should be you know i should be able to be uplifted you know and honored because we see all these men being uplifted and honored but it just looks differently for some women but going back to what you were saying about um the coddling of the mothers i think that that's Thank you, coddling. that's the word yeah coddling i think that that is out of fear and mm -hmm. I, I really see it as a social experiment because of the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, back in the day, like, especially in the seventies and eighties, like 
the guys were out in the streets. You know what I mean? They were getting killed. And, you know, they were, you know, all of these things were happening. And, you know, the mothers were working and all of this type of stuff. So they really weren't in the home. So the streets were raising our kids. And so it's like now it's not like that because the mothers are trying to have more handle on what their son does and who their son becomes because of the fact that they are a part of the generation where they saw the results of what lack of love and attention is doing. But of course, now we're seeing that guys are growing up now and blaming their mothers for mm-hmm. why they didn't make the appropriate choices in their lives. But a mother can only do but so much because after a while, a man is going to be influenced mainly by his peers and his peers comprise of other men. So how can a woman be left responsible for what a man chooses to go and do out in the streets when all she can do is what she knew to do? And it usually Mm -hmm. doesn't even like, it doesn't even, uh, stick a lot of the time because i've heard men say yeah my mother and my aunt and my grandmother they taught me how to treat women but they still got all these women you know out here you know with their minds messed up because they don't know how to control themselves sexually you know oh stand by to stand by because every man knows every man who's came to this crossroad already you know what i'm talking about there's going to be a hurt he needs to experience and that hurt is going to shake him to his core a bit and that's when he's going to see himself and be like oh is this what i'm doing to women yeah bro you were that toxic and then yeah he's gonna start to change i i hit that point and oh my god it, it, it floored me <laughs> it floored me i was like I was a bit disgusted with myself. I was like, and the, some of y'all have seen y'all, y'all, I, y'all seen me out here on Facebook and some of my shenanigans and reactions to things. Yeah, yeah, I'm still healing. I'm still learning. Um, a lot of habits and mindsets that I had to break. A lot of uh, thought processes, pro, thought, thought process, processes. There we go. But I bring all that full circle to say, kind of go back and see what you were talking about. I got a testimony for you kind of more on the shelter side of the house um me and my father had a talk when uh me and my lady were going at it one time and he was out here and um i had pretty much finally like confronted him because i had i already had this thought in my head but my i've always for the longest and i was part of the expectation issue for the longest my foundation was my parents marriage I adored it. I loved it. Everything about it. I never saw them argue. I never really even saw them disagree. It was just like teamwork, happiness, just go, go team, go. Like they, they made me really like mad proud of my last name just because of how the whole family just kind of upheld themselves. We like our whole monocle was like, you know, knights don't do this or, you know, you're a knight. So yada, yada, yada. So it was just a whole lot of empowerment there. So like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. What I had to talk to him about was in that sheltering, all I got to see was all the positive sides about a marriage. So when it came to me growing up, I never knew how to play the field. I never knew how to, in a healthy way, explore other relationships or other people. My mindset was always, you find someone that makes you happy, y'all end up getting married, yada, yada, yada. So all of my relationships end up being serious ass relationships for no reason. So in a social way, I was I was <laughs> traumatizing myself mad early 
for no reason because I'm trying to chase this dream. Fast forward to my current marriage. <laughs> I'm having issues when it comes to communication and things like that because this is stuff I was never taught. I've never saw my parents have a, even a disagreement. So I've never seen how to communicate in a healthy way. It was more of someone brings up a situation or, or a suggestion and we just like, cool beans, that's what we're going to go with. So when someone's like, nah, I don't agree with that, it was more like, all right, now you disrupted the entire way of life. What did you mean? Nah. <laughs> like, no. So I don't, now I don't know how to argue. I don't know how to have a healthy argument because now I'm like, that's not that's not how a marriage is supposed to go or that's not how a relationship is supposed to go or that's not even how you're supposed to respond or if i do this you're not supposed to react this way you're supposed to be a little happier like like if i wrote you a poem and i lay out a picnic you didn't cry like i feel some type of way like what you was it not special and to you it was probably the sweetest thing you've ever experienced but you've never experienced that before so you didn't know how to react so your lack of reaction triggered his insecurity and now he thinks that you don't give a shit so now he gonna go out here and start being a fuckboy without even having a conversation with you because no communication skills he gonna go be a fuckboy and now you hurt because you done found out he talking to other people but the whole time he thinking he could get back on something that is the whole cycle the whole domino effect happens yeah it just spins out of control <laughs> i i definitely yeah. can see that i because it, it seems to be that we we see the drama um and we know how to engage in drama right um but if we only see one side of a relationship which is all you know rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that it gives us false expectations um it's just like you know watching romantic uh romantic comedies or romantic movies and mm-hmm. that life is supposed to be like that and it's, it's reality shows reality shows yeah and it sets us up for failure so basically it has to come down to our ability to discern what's real and what's not and the best way that we can do that is by actually listening or or coming across couples who are willing to be you know um open and honest about their relationships that's that's one of the biggest things that i had to do on on my healing journey i i have chosen to engulf myself in listening to the wisdom of people who have chosen to still be together and what their hardships were and what they chosen to do um, in order to continue to be together. And the main thing was seeing and loving that person for who they was right there. Yeah. Like, And that's that's kind of like where, where I'm coming from with because people have came at me for being so open about minds on Facebook, which a, a part of it is toxic, but also part of it is, was all part of my bigger picture but proving that right there what you're saying like proofs in the pudding y'all get to see all the things that i tried all the things that i went through you get to see that i'm not a perfect person she's not a perfect person but we're perfect for each other apparently so we decided to keep trying to make things work and that's honestly to me what a relationship is that that's the that's the work that people got put in you have to make the conscious decision each day you wake up okay i'm gonna choose this person but that person also, just like you do, you have to make it easy for this that other person to wake up and say, all right, I'm gonna choose you too. 
y'all do that y'all gonna conquer everything ignore like yes bring in the wisdom of who who have succeeded already but do not build expectations from it do not take from it as like okay well this person's marriage is real successful and we're trying to kind of go in that route so maybe if we no 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 no. take what things you can realistically do between you two and then what doesn't apply just doesn't apply you you get to their level your own route don't follow their steps because you're not them they have a certain level of knowledge and experience and perspective that you don't that they had in that moment so when you take that step that they took it will never be the same step that they took that's very true that's definitely very true which is why i love to listen to the hindsight versions of their reflection of certain disagreements so that although they might not have you know dealt with that situation right when they was dealing with it the correct way in hindsight they're able to look at it reflect and be like you know what we didn't do this the right way but this is how you can get through it I do, I am open to allowing myself to try new tactics and, you know, ways of communicating and being just to see if it's something that works in my relationship because of the fact that I don't have, you know, that type of counsel on a regular. So I, I'm willing to, you know, read these books and, you know, listen to these interviews with different couples and, you know, research and see, you know, how, how they have gotten to where they're gotten in order to eat the fruit and basically spit out the seeds. I eat the fruit and I spit out the seeds. Sometimes I'll eat the fruit and I'll be sustained by it. Sometimes I'll spit out the seeds and I'll cultivate those seeds and grow it into something that I can use that better, you know, better satisfies myself in my relationship, you know? And, oh, yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's why eating the fruit and spitting out the seeds is a very powerful um, analogy because of the fact that there are going to be times where just taking advice for what it is and applying it directly as you took it is going to work. And then there's going to be times where you're going to take bits and pieces and make it your own, which will end up working in your relationship. Um, and right now, as far as relationships, we are in a big testing ring because of the fact that it has not been until now that cultivating healthy relationships has been honestly on the forefront. It's still on the, in a small little tiny corner dot of society, but at least there are a community of us that are trying to figure this out. We're really trying to figure it out. You know, you know, uh, in a it's a dark reason why you know, not a lot of people gonna like to hear it but it's honestly because for over a decade the the crab mentality that has been spreading like a virus it won it dragged so many people back into the barrel that now rock bottom is full of all of us and now we're all kind of on this whole you know we're all in it together movement now because we all here we all realize now that this sucks for everybody yeah we done dragged everybody back so we're all here at square one. So now how about we try it healthy now? <laughs> and it sucks. But yeah, because even if you think about it, we years ago, years ago, we've already talked about how topics like this, issues like this, and even if you bubble it up a little bit higher, social issues that's going on, all of that has just all been big distractions. 
people been asking about the big distractions from what? And a scary realization, I realized the one thing the government has been trying to keep, and the reason why they've been messing with history so much, they're trying to keep people distracted from voting. It's the only thing that can topple everything they got going on. If you really think about it, let's just say if we pulled a million man march moment, just got enough people to band together, and we go storm on on congressional election day, and we go vote, all with the mission to just select any other name than we've, and you can Google it. Whoever is your, your state representative in Congress, select any other name besides the one you see on Google. Anybody else. You know how many of these business legislations and all this other stuff will topple? Those bad actors are not in that position of power to be able to manipulate this no more. That's what they're trying to distract everybody from. That's why they don't advertise it like that. People wonder why the system still works in a way. Everything is public knowledge. That's why they're like, oh, you know, we're not hiding. It's on C-SPAN. Nobody watches from our generation. Nobody sits there and watch C-SPAN. But the old folks do. And who's in Congress? Old folks. People who vote are going to select people who look like them. So obviously, voting works. We obviously see who are the only people that's voting. And they're the only ones that's informed. So that's why they are probably the most quiet in a lot of these topics and issues. And we normally discredit them because they're older. But if you really think about it, they're the ones that still run in the U.S. We haven't matured enough to realize that. And I definitely um, respect your perspective on that. Um, but the main question that continues to play in my mind um, when you when you actually speak on that topic is how is that going to motivate and encourage like personal growth and development on an individual basis for our community? Like. Uh-huh. I like how you did that. I got you. <laughs> so with that, because I'm not asking anybody at all to be an expert in politics whatsoever. It's all part of your personal growth. A lot of us have complained about these social issues that's happening. A lot of us complain about taxes. We complained about this whole police injustice and the fact that nobody's doing any type of movement or anything. It goes into the whole systematic racism and all of that. What I'm imploring people to do, if you start to start your self-growth and start doing a lot of your own self-reflection a lot of your own healing you're going to start to realize your worth when you start to realize your worth and your value you're going to realize your power again and then you're going to notice you have always had the key to fix every single issue that you complained about we need to stop sitting there funding our own destruction while sitting there complaining about it as long as you pay taxes of any form or fashion you're funding the people to keep messing up the life that you're trying to enjoy. But if you're too bogged down with the distractions that's going on, or if you're too busy in the mix or running from yourself, you're gonna be able to fall for a lot of stuff that's happening out here. Definitely get that. I definitely get that. I um I know me personally, I'm so far detached from a lot of things that are going on in the world. Um, and it's and it's honestly by choice because mm-hmm. of the fact that I know that I have so much that I need to focus on personally um, that anything else that's out there is definitely a distraction. 
there's times where I'll scroll on my social media, things of that sort, or I'll uh, sit and I'll get on, on my live streaming app, Ego, or I'll go on Wisdom and I'll listen to, you know, other people's talk, thoughts and things of that sort. I just downloaded Wisdom. Oh, you did? <laughs> I just downloaded Wisdom. Shout out to Wisdom. Yeah, shout out to Wisdom. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll get up there, you know, and answer some questions and, you know, things of that sort. But one of the things that uh, you said is that you can basically create the solution or, you know, do whatever you want to do because it's, it's, it's your choice. And mm -hmm. that's when we come into the power of the mind. When we go into the power of our minds, and we realize that we choose to see things for what for what we want to see them for, um, and we choose to receive information um, on particular levels, and we choose to you know be around certain people. We choose to tap into certain channels, you know, and things of that sort. We realize that psychologically we are attracted to the violence we are attracted to the 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 bad stories you know about something bad happening to people we are attracted to the negativity we are attracted to you know the mess and mm -hmm. because they know that they make politics messy they make politics like basically a, a theatric a theatric production honestly whenever i see things that happen on the news i'd be like oh <laughs> that's dramatic they they did that you know what i mean like because i i would see like in different residents rooms if, if i went in there to go and take care of something for them um i would see uh something about trump or whatever and i'm like oh okay you know what i mean and and then i, I would hear like somebody who who did a debate or something and they're talking about but the but the news people would be asking questions that would basically insinuate certain drama between the two and i'm just like wow mm -hmm. all they're trying to do is create drama and that exactly. itself is a distraction because it's like where's the information the true information that we can access in order to make a good decision on who to choose and who not to you know, then it's like, who else am I fighting up against when it comes to my vote for my vote to count? Because there's a bigger legislation or a bigger group of people who are going to make the final decision as to who is actually going to be put into position. Because there's a whole nother level of parameters that, um, you know, the quote unquote unknown choose to put these people in a position, right? Oh, I can give you a little, I can give you a peek behind the veil on that one so what you're talking about is the puppet the puppets of congress right those people who are behind them are going to be those businesses right. those ones flying in their pockets that's the reason why i'm talking about this pretty much big upheaval if you pop that person out you take away their puppet they can't influence no more they have no way to communicate now to congress to be able to make these changes later on on next phase by all means yes i would like us to listen a little bit more to what these politicians are actually saying and select smartly when it comes to the next folks that go up in there but we need to stop we need to stop the bleed we're, we're leaking bad real bad and what people what scares me the most about all of this and the reason why i guess i'm kind of getting involved with dispelling the big distraction 
there's stuff going on with our government and then also with the outside world. And the reason why I'm gonna bring up this whole Ukraine thing is because World War Three should scare all of us way more than like I know people on the on the surface level like yeah nobody wants to go to World War Three we get that but I don't think anybody really understands the gravity of it whether Putin has a nuke and or not the threat of it if he launches anything that smells like one it's going to start the nuclear holocaust we are silly enough to let ego and these politicians make all of these rash decisions we already understand that they're not probably in the best of mind we've already i voted for biden so i feel free to talk mass about him we already know he's kind of babbling a little bit we got a couple folks having strokes it's when it's not looking really strong right now on the on the superpower side of the house so let's say anything like that makes a move nuclear holocaust we're all wiped out or even worse let's say we don't get that drastic putin makes a silly move and then initiates article five so now we're in world war three everyone's going to go help out ukraine China goes over to Taiwan because people are not realizing that that's where the uh, the chips that we all need and use. Remember when the chip shortage happened and how crippled we were? Cars wouldn't even be made. Carvana crippled and down there fell apart. Yeah. If China takes over that, then that would become the superpower on an economic level. We would, we would lose <laughs> the money race and China would run everything. So that would be a huge power shift. But if we don't take a hold of what's going on in our government, all that is very possible to happen. And when you say that um, we should stop the bleed, like why why should we stop the bleed for real? Especially if we already knew that the choices that were being made, especially on those levels, was going to lead to this. Since they didn't want to listen, why we got to save them? Oh, it's not so much as saving them. It's getting them out the way. We're getting them out of the way because it's more so. Uh, are they getting themselves out of the way by the through through what's what's going on right now? Mm, I like how, you know what that's a part that I have not processed there because yeah, at the end of the day, once they do leave, they get a forever check. We could stop that because we I stop that because I've also seen how different countries are coming together. Different countries yes. are, are coming together and they're creating their own currencies. They're creating their own powers. They're creating their own alliances. And I honestly cannot feel bad for the corporation of the United States for being left out of that because the corporation of the United States has acted like a big freaking brat. Like they have acted yep. like they haven't needed anybody's help. They have acted like they know what's going on like this just like a person you don't want to yep. be around the know-it-all that does not that that wants to sit here and make all these mistakes and blame everybody else for their mistakes but then when it comes to everybody you know ganging up against them because they realize that this person who's a pathological liar who's also a bully who also is not as smart and not as healthy is trying to run the world like that like it's like the United States is the younger, the younger brother, and mm -hmm. all the other siblings are like, "Yo, you need to chill, like, or we're gonna kick you out." And the young brother is like, "No, forget that," because I da 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 da, -da and they just like, "Oh, you must not for you must not remember where you came from." Like, <laughs> it's about to get real patriotic. It's about, it's about to real. get. Look, watch this, watch this, because I got I got one for you. So I, what I'm doing is I want to tap in into an old spirit that I know has not died in America yet. 
And it was that same spirit and that same energy that was there in World War II. That same energy that made people actually look at people as equals. You had women in factories, which wasn't ever really seen before, but just off the strength of I'm out here because Team America. And they're like, sign up, buddy. Come on over here, grab you a wrench. There's a part over there that needs to get fixed. I'm on it. <laughs> That's what I'm bringing back. It used to be a proud thing to be an American because we actually were proud to be a melting pot of different cultures. Where I'm saddened is the fact that we, in a way, kind of late, and it took time. So I'm. it was an attack on society on a psychological level that nobody was prepared for because we're just now kind of talking about it. But it was. They they manipulated the system to make everyone kind of no longer trusted, everyone buck against it, so that way it can become the business corporation that it is now. It allows the room for greed to happen. By us stopping that bleed, I get what you're saying. Some of the greedy, in a way, might get, in hindsight, somewhat saved a bit. But trust and believe, we're coming back for them. They, it's not going to be forgotten. But right now, right now, the big issue is shit's falling apart. And it's falling apart fast. And it's making us look very vulnerable for anything and everything to happen. And as much as I love uh, my neighbors overseas and their food, I ain't trying to really live their life at all in the slightest. I like... I like the way things are currently, and I don't want to switch to uh, a war campaign mindset when things are getting real close to home. I don't even want that to, I don't even want the enemy to smell like that's a possibility, but we're displaying this disruption thing that we've all talked about that we even as America have done to governments to topple them. It's working real well on us, real well. So I implore people, dig deep, be proud of the fact that you're different, be proud of the fact that you're from anywhere else other than right here if you are and even if you are from here there's so many different cultures in america that is even that much of a blend so how about that one culture everybody that one culture mindset people are trying to do let's get rid of that we're a multi-culture that's what we are america is multi-culture we got people from all walks of life so let's all get together and use what you know best and what i know best and what they know best and we come together with the best that we can on all of these solutions or all these problems that's going around. Let's focus on how can we repair some of the stuff that we did to the planet. Because, hey, scientists have been talking about that mess, right? We have no control over what happened. As human beings, we're on this, this great, great, beautiful rock, right? And we sit here debating about this issue that's going on right now, right? If the ozone decides just to <laughs> give out <laughs> right now, how would we know how before before we pass out from lack of oxygen how will we be able to even combat that or even come up with a solution or be able to run and hide or these are things that can happen to us that we have no answer for but we're worried about what my skin color looks like are are you sure about that because i definitely um came across some information i forgot exactly what the uh um, what the what the group is? I think it's based out of the UK. Um, but what what they stand for is because um, there's also a man that goes around and tests the soil and stuff like that, and he educates the farmers. Especially, mm-hmm. I've seen yeah, him you know, on YouTube. Yeah, he he educates the farmers on you know the mineral composition of the the soils and things of that sort, and a lot of them don't even care about the soil, right? Then mm-hmm. we have these countries that are overseas 
who they advocate for, you know, having your own gardens and they advocate for, you know, growing plants and things of that sort. Because as we can see, the less trees that we have, the less plants that we have, the less absorption of CO2 happens. So if we have like a desert, of course, it's going to be hot there. If, if we have mm-hmm. a city, of course, it's going to be hot there. Why? Because there are there's no natural oxygen producers. You know, there's no conversion of that CO2. There's none of that stuff. There's no life. And the way that things are going in, you know, in the U.S. is they're creating more um, saturated areas where more people are, but there's less nature. And when you get those high saturations of people in these areas where there's barely no nature, it continues to contribute to the CO2 emissions. And um, that's why you see a lot more people that are moving to more rural areas because of the fact that that saturation of people is, is detrimental. It really is detrimental. And it's like, you know, the earth, one of the things that I've learned, especially watching like the Planet of the Apes and, you know, all of those other type of movies, nature always prevails. Like nature always ends up setting itself up. I don't know why as humans, we think that we're here to save nature when nature was put here to sustain and give us any and everything we need for our healing and nourishment and and to thrive in this physical plane. But like, the more we quote unquote do to try to save the planet, we're actually going the reverse because we're not listening. We're not connecting to, to Mother Earth. We're not actually doing our part because we think that building more buildings and asking for more money is going to, you know, be the solution. And it's not. That's man-made solutions. Like when it comes to actually connecting connecting with nature. You have to do what nature does, which is just continue to grow and thrive no matter what the next person is doing or the next thing is doing. It came here to grow and to give its benefits, you know, at the end of the day. And um, I don't I don't know about, uh, you know, the the fact that we don't know the solutions because we know the solutions is just a matter of them not wanting to actually do the solutions because it takes further money out of their pocket. And I learned that the U.S. actually pulled out of a, um, a group that was uh, that committed themselves to helping the environment. Um, that's just like people wanted to mm-hmm. go some type of way. Huh? Oh, no, I was, no, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, people was feeling some type of way when they found out that Trump had... Um, pulled out of the World Health Organization. And what they're failing to realize is the reason why he pulled out of the World Health Organization is because of the fact that they was really heavy on the mandates. Um, And he didn't want the U.S. to be a part of it. But of course, you know, once Biden came in there, Biden rejoined, and then we had all of these mandates and all this type of stuff. So it's like there are certain decisions that certain people make um, and then we see the reactions to the decisions that they actually make. And a lot of the times their decisions are more no- more noble than the media puts out that they are. They'll demonize certain people 
for you know what they're trying to do to be a part of the change but then the people that are actually continuing to contribute to the issues are looked at as the saviors and that's not okay because then we're confused as to where we're supposed to go or what example we're supposed to leave behind in order to you know make the world a better place like you said like with the ozone level and stuff it's like are we supposed to listen to bill gates hopefully everybody says hell no you know um are we supposed to listen to oprah mm, no um there are more people out here that are doing things for the environment on a smaller scale um that are making greater change than these larger comp- these larger corporations and things of that sort are actually doing and we have to you know realize that looking at these big businesses and looking at these big companies to be the solution to what we actually need to have going on is is counterproductive because they're always going to be playing both ends of the fence and see there's where i'm going to have to leave everybody on the cliffhanger because we're going to have to bring this for a part two for sure so look and that's how i'm going to date you back in <laughs> for another episode right there because we're going to have to definitely continue this one. <laughs> oh man but before we go is there anything you'd like to uh say to the people uh before we cut out um what do i have to say to the Um, All I honestly have to say to the people is I am truly grateful for all of the listeners that come up here and they tap into Think Tank um, and that are actually giving feedback to help Roger create better content for all of y'all because he wants to be a part of the solution and not the issue. And I'm all the way here for that. Um, But I just want to give gratitude that's about it i don't got nothing special to say <laughs> i definitely appreciate the kind words moving here like oh man like i cannot wait to start doing um video as well giving people a visual uh, i'm working on getting a, a secondary device so i'll be able to actually do like an ig live while also recording so even if i have a remote situation going on i can see if maybe i can switch platforms a bit and um maybe just audio record and then have like uh, a FaceTime situation going on. So at least we can have that digital or something. I'm, I'm gonna explore around with it. I got a guy. <laughs> oh, you got a guy. Okay. I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we had the lovely Coco Hush here again. I will make sure that I'll get her links and put them um, on the broadcast for the, the episode when it drops. How's everybody? Definitely stay tuned. I appreciate y'all. And uh, always remember to stay classy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Them's out.